Born in Brooklyn, uh, grew up on Long Island, and uh, back in New York on Saturday as a head coach and sporting director of the New England Revolution, playing at Yankee Stadium against New York City FC. He's a five-time MLS Cup champion. He, uh, in between the most successful coaching stint in the history of the U.S. men's national team. And uh, we want to welcome in Bruce Arena. Bruce, thanks so much. How are you? Well, thank you. It's a pleasure to be on today. I want to just before we dig into New England and what's going on there, uh, you are a New York guy, and I, I think when you when you look back at your experience, uh, I see this lacrosse always popping up, and uh, I personally have always wanted to ask you, and I'm sure you've been asked somewhere along the line in, in an interview or something, but Nassau Community College, and then Cornell, but you played lacrosse and soccer. And it seems to me your first coaching experience was in lacrosse. So was there a point ever in here where you thought maybe your uh, your future was as a lacrosse coach and not a soccer coach? Oh, most, most definitely. Uh, when I was at the University of Virginia, I was coaching in both sports. I was the head coach in soccer, <clears throat> the, the lead assistant in lacrosse. And there was going to be a day where I was going to be targeted to be the head coach. Wow. However, I, I went the direction of soccer. Was there a particular reason why? In the 80s, I thought the sport of soccer had a, a, a bigger future in our country. And it was going to uh, one day again have a professional league. And, you know, those are goals I had to uh, continue in the sport of soccer and eventually move into the professional ranks. Well, you predicted that correctly. Uh, you had the five NCAA championships at Virginia, and then you moved for the collegiate ranks in MLS, uh, coaching DC United. The first three years of the league had a couple of titles there. Then the national team, then back to MLS, Red Bulls, Galaxy, then another national team stint, and now the New England Revolution. So, you know, you've coached for club and country. And I, I wonder, do you enjoy one more than the other? I've talked to many coaches uh, who have done both or have considered maybe, and they seem to, they tend to like club better because of the day-to-day -day environment and the relationships that you could really build. What, what do you think? Well, they both have their pros and cons, and, and they're certainly different jobs. And I don't know uh, which one I necessarily favor, but I do enjoy coaching. And when you're at the club level, you're coaching every day. So maybe... Uh, you, you favor that, but but both jobs are certainly privileged positions, and I wouldn't knock one against the other. Well, when you were hired to replace Jurgen Klinsmann that second time with the national team, I do recall hearing you on a, on a there was a conference call, and there were some questions, and you answered one of them uh, by saying, you know, at your age, I think so, the the age thing came up, and you had uh, coached many years of club soccer, and I remember your response is like, well. I'm a better coach now, so I think I'm perfectly positioned to take this uh, this team over. So it wasn't about age; it was about growth, right? And competence, I guess. And you know, we failed to qualify for the uh, the 2018 World Cup. I thought our staff did a very good job given the circumstances, and I thought the players did as well. You know, we were a little bit unlucky in the end, and. That's life, and we positioned ourselves to be there, so uh, you can't complain about that. But I, th I thought the effort we had in 2017 was a very good one. Well, uh, just two losses in the 18 matches uh, that you guided, and 
you know, we all know about the Trinidad game. It, it didn't go the way anybody wanted it to. But uh, now you're back in MLS. I, I, I'm wondering, were you, were you motivated at all to just get back to it, to, you know, get a get that great taste back in your mouth? Or is it just about, you, you talked about you just love coaching. Was it just more about that? Well, you know, I, I'm not sure how to answer that question. I think if, uh, if, if, if I decided not to take this current position, I would have been fine because I was actually enjoying myself in Southern California, uh, probably playing too much golf, <laughs> but finally being a, uh, uh, a fan of the sport and other sports and, and just enjoying life. So, you know, I, I, I thought that's the way I was going to go. I was, I was not going to coach again, but then this opportunity came up and, and, and I talked to other clubs about other opportunities. And this one interests me because it's a different kind of project I've been in. And, you know, I was in sim similar situation in Los Angeles with the galaxy, but, the revolution is different. The revolution don't have the stature of the galaxy. Don't have, have the history they've had. And, and certainly people would question whether the commitment is there. And I think in Los Angeles, you'd never question the commitment. Uh, you would just question, can you get the job done? So, uh, it, it was an intriguing challenge. The team was probably, you know, at the bottom of the table, all the teams in MLS, I think maybe, at the time, we might have had a point more than Cincinnati, but we were down, and you can only go up. So I thought uh, that was a positive, and uh, you know, I felt that the the crafts, you know, were going to make a commitment to improve the franchise, and and you know, right now my my thinking is if I can move the franchise along, and uh, we build a soccer stadium, we've we've brought the franchise uh, in the right direction to be. Uh, one of the top franchises in Major League Soccer down the road. For the record, you can never play too much golf, Bruce. Uh, you know, I don't know if you agree or disagree with that, but uh, that sounds like a good life in Southern California. But you're back on the on the touchline, and I'm I'm curious. There there was a lot of discussion about resources, and you know, I don't know you that well. Uh, you you heard things like, well, Bruce Arena would not accept a position unless uh, he had the the necessary support of ownership. I, I wonder you uh, the Kraft family agreed to have you sign Gustavo uh, Bo, who what I believe to be the largest money deal in club history. So is that an example of uh, of resources oh, being used? Yeah, most certainly. And and we're moving in a new training facility in the next couple of weeks. That's probably going to be as good as any. Uh, training facility in uh, Major League Soccer. So a lot of progress is being made in a short period of time. And Bo, uh, you scouted him, uh, from what I've heard, while you were with the Galaxy. So I I'm wondering, had, had you always stayed in touch with him, knowing that maybe one day you'd be in a position like this? or uh... Well, no, you know, we're, we were very uh, close in proximity and had contact with uh, uh, Club Tijuana over a number of years. So I was well aware of uh, of the club and their team. So, uh, I, and I used to watch them play often uh, being in Southern California. Uh, and we knew about the player and my technical director, Kurt Analfo, uh, was doing uh, the Mexican league games for, for Fox. And, you know, he kept abreast of matters. And we certainly felt that, you know, if there was a chance to bring in a player that we think, 
could help make a difference in, in the short term for us. We wanted to do that. And, and Bo was a natural. So we went after him and we, uh, you know, to use the college terms, we recruited him pretty hard <laughs> and, uh, and we were able to, you know, get him to come our way and he's done a very good job. Uh, do, you, do you find any similarities in the recruiting process collegially and, and professionally? I mean, sometimes you're dealing with, you know, a more, more mature uh, person, I, I suppose, when, when, you're, when you're on the pro side. But uh, are, are, there, uh, are there relative similarities? There are a lot of similarities. You know, you're, uh, you know, you, you're selling your university or your franchise. Uh, you're d- discussing uh, the community that they're going to be. Uh, living in and, and, and all the positives that are related to that and and just really detail the project and make it interesting and you you know you sell the league to the player you sell your franchise to the player you sell your city to the player and Bruce his addition obviously uh, six goals in eight matches he scored in four straight but when you took over, it was two eight and two the record. Now you've been on the touchline. I think I have this right for thirteen matches. You got just one loss with essentially the same personnel. I know you've got Bo, but what has gone so well? Why why has it turned around? Do you think? Well, uh, you know, I, I think the players are probably a little bit better than they uh, performed in the in the first half of the season. Uh, we've done a good job. They've done a good job, and uh, you know, we've. Uh, had a little bit of luck as you always have in the sport and you know we're, we're working real hard to try to make the uh, the team better i and, and you got Bo, and i i think of here's an international player and getting international players for your club or, or those that are in mls now how, how has that changed when you first started in the league oh it's much different and and, and you can see with new york city fc they uh uh, they have a very impressive group of players from abroad, and the league is now attracting that. There's there's greater resources, I imagine, in the case of uh, NYCFC, uh, selling New York City's a a real selling point, and the connection with Manchester City certainly. So there's a lot of positives for players abroad to come to Major League Soccer, and it's it, it's getting a a much greater reputation around the world. And uh, Maxime Cheneau is one of those internationals from uh, Luxembourg, uh, and you're preparing for this New York City FC game. They're going to be missing six players on international duty. And I, I'm wondering what you think of this because you've been on both sides of the ledger. So well, Cheneau- first of all, I, I think a couple more are going to actually play from what I understand. Okay. I think some of those players are, are, are not going to be with their national teams in, and, and I actually think he's one of us that we expect to play. Well, he, we, ha- I was out at training today, and he, he spoke to us, and he's definitely one of them. We haven't heard about any others, but regardless, here they are, uh, and and what Maxime Cheneau said afterwards, and so did Dome Tehran, just in regard to the international break, which you put in quotes because here's MLS playing matches. I mean, Seattle's losing ten players when they play at Colorado Saturday night. So my my question to you is, you've been you've been a national team coach and an MLS coach. Uh, what what are your feelings about having to compete during this break in, in such an important time? You got teams jockeying for position for seeds or like yourselves, really, just to make sure you're in the playoffs. Now, I don't, I don't know if you're losing anyway. I don't think you are. But but let's say you were. How, how would you that know, be handled? Th- 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 this is what I would say about that. I don't think we should be playing during the international windows. However, my understanding and again, I just came back into this league at the 
the end of May and haven't been kept abreast of a lot of the planning and the rules and regulations and and that kind of thing. But my understanding is each club has the choice as to whether they want to play during the international window. And New York City FC chose to play during this window, as did the New York New England Revolution. That's my understanding of it. So as much as you want to blame the league, you could organize your schedule differently where you don't have to play this weekend. In the case of NYCFC, uh, sharing a venue with the New York Yankees, they don't have that many dates available. So they were probably uh, stuck taking a date during an international window. Yeah, they were a bit locked in there. And uh, and you're right. And, and maybe that uh, takes a greater study because the, the, the season's more compact this year anyway with the MLS Cup. So if you were trying to move these games out of the international windows i mean you'd, you'd really have a congested schedule but it's uh, you know it's worth looking at closely. well you know you can play you can play midweek in 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 march april and may when they generally don't so there's ways to get around it it's not perfect by any means and this seems so awkward for some teams at this point in time but uh, i think they chose uh, to go in that direction all right, Bruce, uh, I want to thank you so much uh, for the time spent. Uh, welcome uh, back again to New York whenever you arrive. I mean, is it is it nice for you to come back to New York? Do you still enjoy that? Sure. My uh, my, my brother Mike, who I haven't seen in a couple of years, is going to come to the game. My wife and her, her family is going to be there. So that'll be nice. And uh, I grew up a Yankee fan. So this, to me, is always thrilling to be in Yankee Stadium. So I'm looking forward to that, and I'm hopeful we give them a good game. They're they're an outstanding team, and hopefully it'll be a good match. Is it odd for you to walk into Yankees Stadium where you went and watch many baseball games, even though it's not the same stadium? It's just across the street, but now uh, seeing a soccer match and now having yes. a coach on that on that field? It is odd, and then trying to stand on that field and uh, orient yourself into a, a, a soccer field is even more difficult. So it should be an interesting day on Saturday. All right, Bruce. Good luck, and thank you so much. Thank you. Okay, thanks, Bruce.